Welcome. I'm Pastor Daniel Giliana from Beautiful Jesus Ministries, and I'm happy to have you with me today. I'm going to get into the Word of God, and I hope that's okay with you. I have a teaching for you today that I believe will forever change your life and your walk with Jesus. I know many people want to know Jesus. They want to know the depths of Christ. Is that you? Do you want to know Jesus in a deeper way? Do you want to know the riches of his abiding presence? Do you want to know what it's like to have the presence of Jesus abiding, manifesting 24 hours a day, all the days of your life, no matter where you go, what you do, to not just have his presence as a matter of faith, but to manifest his presence. If so, this is for you today. I have a teaching that is called Constraining the Beloved. We hold on to so many things in life. We hold on to our dreams. We hold on to our families. We hold on to our careers. We, we try our best to take hold of things in life. But the greatest thing, or shall I say the greatest person you can take hold of, is the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to constrain Jesus and we need to hold on to his presence um, every day. For this teaching, I'm gonna start in my text today in the Song of Solomon. That's in the Old Testament. This book is like the tree of life in the middle of the Garden of Eden. It's right in the middle of our Bibles and it's it's so rich and mystical and it speaks of the Shunammite woman and her beloved and this back and forth relationship of love they have. But really, for the believer in Jesus, it speaks of Christ and the church. It speaks of your walk with Christ. I'm going to start in chapter 3, the Song of Solomon. And here's, here we go. I'm going to start reading. By night on my bed, I sought the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. I will rise now, I said, and go about the city. In the streets and in the squares, I will seek the one I love. Isn't that beautiful language? Can you relate to that? I will seek the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. This is the Shunammite woman speaking of her beloved in this scripture. The watchmen who go about the city found me. I said, have you seen the one I love? Okay, verse 4. That was 1 through 3. This is our text. The Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 4. Scarcely had I passed by them when I found the one I love. I found the one I love. I held him and would not let him go. Listen to these words. I found the one I love. I held him and would not let him go until I brought him to the house of my mother and into the chamber of her who conceived me. Oh, this is powerful and beautiful. I'm going to tell you what this all means in just a second. But I want you to get these three phrases we just read. I found him. I held him. I brought him. These are the three points I'm going to talk to you about today. And the secret to 
constraining Jesus. You see, when you get Jesus, when you constrain his presence, there the power of God flows. There that anointing flows. There the manifestation of his thoughts and his personality and his nature begin to begin to be revealed. You see, there's a difference between the presence of Jesus and the manifest presence of Jesus. We want his presence manifested. That's what we call the glory. The glory of Jesus is, is the manifestation of his presence. So listen to what this woman says, this Shunammite. She says, I found him. That's our first point. I found him. That's love in fellowship. That's love in fellowship. I found him. Now, how do you find Jesus? Well, first, he finds you in salvation. He sought you. He chose you. He elected you. But once Jesus finds you, now it's this journey in life where we also want to say, I found your presence. You see, the Bible says there's a treasure in the earthen vessel. Christ in me, the hope of glory, Paul said. So Christ is in you, but you want to find his presence so that his presence manifests through you. I found him. I found him when uh, I was inquiring for him. She said, I sought the one I love. You've got to search for the Son of God. You've got to spend time every morning and every evening seeking Jesus. He said himself, Jesus said, ask and you shall find. Seek, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. Knock and the door will be open. But first you have to ask for his presence. And then you seek him. She said, I found him. Are you looking for Jesus? The Bible says if you seek him with all your heart, he'll be found. That's Jeremiah 29, 13. If you seek me with all your heart, I shall be found of you. There's a, there's something about the people who, who, who say, Lord, I have determined to seek you. I have made a determination in my heart to seek you. I have made the decision. I'm looking for you. I'm coming after you. I'm seeking you. I'm inquiring of you. Have you seen the one I love? Where's the presence of Jesus? Where's the lovers of Christ? I'm going to where his lovers are. I'm going to where his people are. I'm finding him when I get past all people and all things and I could not be satisfied with anything but Jesus you see you got to get to that place how do you find him when nothing else satisfies I tried the world I tried drugs I tried sex with multiple people you may be in that position now I tried it all nothing satisfied but Jesus satisfies. Jesus satisfies that longing in the soul, that emptiness, that void, that desire, that 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 God-shaped hole in your heart that nothing can fill externally. Only the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ fills you. He satisfies you. He not only fills you, he brings you to overflowing. So I want him. So I get past all people. I forsake all things. That's what Jesus said. If you pick up your cross in Luke 14 and you forsake all, that's how you come after me. Jesus said that. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to be my follower, 
forsake all and follow me. That's the secret of finding him. When you lose your life and you find him. When you say, I lay down my will to seek you. I lay down my plans to follow you. I lay down my mornings to get in your word. I lay down my evenings, my Netflix time. Oh, I'm putting so much time watching movies and Netflix and doing all this stuff. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to get into prayer. I'm going to get on my knees and seek the Lord Jesus in prayer. This is beholding him. When you seek him, you're making him your focus. You're making him your focal point. You're, you're aligning your life to his person. And you know what he does? He says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you look for me with all your heart, I shall be found of you. How else can you find him? I found him when I beheld his person. He drew near to me in his word and ordinances. I perceived him by the spirit. Faith saw him clearly. Jesus is revealed in the word of God. This Bible, your Bible, the scriptures reveal Jesus. The scriptures reveal the person of the Son of God and the types and shadows of the Old Testament and the prophecies of the Old Testament and the gospels of the New Testament and the epistles of the New Testament. You find Jesus in the scriptures. I perceived him by the Holy Spirit. You see, this is the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to reveal Jesus. He comes to open your eyes so that you see him. He comes to illuminate you and enlighten you, bring revelation and knowledge and understanding to you. Three things you're going to need to find Jesus. It's the Word, the Spirit, and faith. So the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the faith of God, these three mixing together, these three ingredients mixing together reveal Jesus. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the faith of God. Well, how do I get the Word of God? You have the Bible, and you ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't come so you have just a fun time in the presence. No, no, He comes to you to reveal the presence of Jesus. He brings to you the manifested presence of Jesus, and he brings you a spirit of understanding and revelation to your heart so that when you open your Bible, you find Jesus on every page, on every shadow, on every symbol. You find him in the tabernacle. You find Jesus in, in, in the temple. You find Jesus in Isaac and Abraham. You find Jesus in the Garden of Eden. You find Jesus all over the word, but that's the word of the Holy Spirit but first you got to believe so ask God to give you faith if you don't have it you're like well maybe I don't have the faith I don't I just don't have faith ask God for faith he'll give it to you God God wants you to find him more than you want to find him see Jesus is seeking for someone to seek him he's seeking to be sought he's longing to be longed for he's asking for someone to ask Oh, what that's his heart because he doesn't he's not just wanting you to seek him for for his pleasure he's wanting you to seek him so that he can please you because 
the riches and the pleasure and the peace of God and the favor of God and the glory of God is given to us through the person of Jesus and through the person of the Savior. This is why he went to the cross so that you would seek him. He came seeking you at the cross. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. But now he puts in us a hunger to follow him, to seek him so that he bless us. You see, this is what we need, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the faith of God. He is the appearing Jesus for the, those who seek Him. And here's what He said in John 14, 21. He who has my commands and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Listen to what he said in Luke 14, 21. I'm sorry, John 14, 21. He says at the end of that verse, I will manifest myself to him. This is what we're praying about. Constraining Jesus, holding on to him, seeking the seeker, loving the lover, uh, becoming one with, with the Son of God by the Holy Spirit. And that comes to the people, he said, he who has my commands and keeps them. That's the, that's the Bible. That's the New Testament. That's the Sermon on the Mount. He said, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise builder who built his house on the rock. Floods came, winds beat, all this stuff happened to that house. That house didn't fall, it was built on the rock. That's the secret. Remember what he said, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them. He who has my commands and keeps them. It's not enough for you to hear me saying these words to you. You've got to do them. You've got to keep them. You've got to put faith in action. Faith is something that we do by action, by, by speaking, by doing, by making decisions. That's how we prove to God that we love Him. That's the testing of our faith. When we actually do the things, love your neighbor, do it, forgive your enemy, do it. Feed the hungry. Do it. Seek me with all your heart. Do it. See, when you do these things, you'll find Jesus in the manifested presence. I found him when I was filled with content. I looked for no one else, for in finding him I had found my all for heaven and earth. Everything in heaven, everything in earth that you'll ever need for this life on earth, for everything you'll need for your life in heaven is found in Jesus, including peace. So many people need peace. There's people who ha have billions and billions of dollars and they commit suicide. There's people who have fame and fortune and they're found hanging in their hotel rooms. Do you know why? Because you can't purchase peace. Money doesn't purchase peace. Fame doesn't purchase peace. Jesus purchased your peace at the cross when he shed his blood. And then he says, I'll keep you in that peace, that peace that'll be like a pillar in your heart. If you keep your mind on me, Isaiah 26, 3, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind, whose thinking, whose internal dialogue 
whose imagination, whose thought process is focused on me, who keeps the word of God in their mind, who keeps the son of God before their mind, you'll be in perfect peace. So you'll be filled with contentment when you find him. That's how you find him. When you're filled with contentment, when you get past people, when you seek him with all your heart, this is how you find Jesus. But then the second thing that, that we read here is, I found him, I found the one I love, I held him and would not let him go. So when you find Jesus, you hold on to him because he becomes worth, his worth and value becomes more than anything else. He's worth more than stocks in the stock market. He's worth more than gold bricks. He's worth more than the pleasures of this earth. He is worth more. So we find him and hold him. That's love in possession. How do you hold Jesus? Well, that's, that's what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. I hold him by the decision of my heart. I determined to never lose him again. You got to hold on to Jesus because he's holding on to you. Paul said that I may apprehend that which is apprehended me. God has a hold of me, but I need a hold of him. Jacob in Genesis 32 wrestled with God. The pre-incarnate Christ appeared to Jacob and they had a wrestling match. The Lord grabbed Jacob and he, he held him like this. And then Jacob grabbed him and the Lord said, let me go. And he said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. Let me go. I'm not letting you go. Jacob held on tight to him. And then the sun started to come up and the Lord touched the hip of Jacob so that he couldn't stand anymore. He had to lean on the Lord. And in that moment, the Lord says to him, now your name is Israel. You see, that's what happens. When you hold on to him, he'll bless you. When you hold on to him, see, he's holding on to Jacob. Jacob's holding on to him. God is holding on to you, but he's asking you to hold on. He wants that back and forth. Wouldn't you want that with someone you love? What, what, has any relationship ever worked that was one-sided? Well, I love you, darling. Darling, I love you. Have you ever told a girl or, or ladies, have you ever told a guy, oh, I love you so much. You mean everything to me, and they don't reciprocate that love? Is that true love? Is that worth it? No, you want a love and possession where you're possessing each other's love. And God, Jesus, through God through Jesus gives you the love of the of the Father. But He wants you to give that love back to Him. So the Bible says you hold on, you make a decision, you become determined never to lose Him. Cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done this day. That's Joshua 23:8. Cleave to Him. Deuteronomy 13.4 tells us to cling to him. Psalm 63.8 says, My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. That, that, that's such a beautiful way to put it. My soul clings to you. I want to cling to you, Lord. That's so precious. It's like a baby putting its head on the breast of its mother and just clinging to that mother clinging to that parent. Oh, daddy, don't let me go. Oh, daddy, I'm going to hold you. Oh, mommy, I need you. 
That's the kind of thing when you just hold on to the to the Lord Jesus and you say, oh, I need you. you your fragrances fill my heart. Your presence satisfies me. There's all my provision, my financial provision, my internal provision, my eternal provision is all in you. I'm satisfied in you. I'm pleased in you. I don't want to let you go, Lord Jesus. You make that decision to hold him. How else do you hold on to Jesus? Like the Shunammite said, I held him and would not let him go. I hold him by my tearful pleas, begging him to not make me met wretched and miserable by withdrawing. You see, without him, you're miserable, wretched, blind, naked. You might not see it. Well, I got clothes on. I'm not, I can see. I'm not blind. No, spiritually. The, the man or woman who has not found the presence of Jesus, who's not come into contact with him, who's not come into covenant with him, who's not been one with Jesus internally, we're all wretched and miserable, blind, naked. We really have nothing. When you have Jesus, you have access to heaven. You have blessings eternal. So, so sometimes I cry out to him, Lord, I know you said you'll never leave me nor forsake. I know you said you're with me forever, but but Lord, I beg you, Lord, just because I love you so much and I know without you, I'm nothing. So it's that kind of heart. He's not going to come and go. He doesn't leave. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But Jesus wants to see that your heart is after him. And when you make that decision, that's a precious and special place to be. Well, how else do you hold him? I hold him by making him my all in all. See, Jesus stays where he's prized. Isn't that what you are? Have you heard this saying before? It says, uh, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Well, Jesus goes where he's prized. Uh, so you have to set him on high, prize his presence. Set him on high in the throne of your heart. Make his, make your heart a special place that where he abides. And that's what you do. You make him the absolute center of your focus by doing what Colossians 3 talks about, where it says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, not on things below. Set your mind, set your affection, set your focus, set your determination to seek him, to hold him, to love him, to, because that's, that, that's just how you constrain Jesus. Do you want to constrain him? Do you want to hold on to that presence? Do you want to see his presence manifested? Why is it important to constrain Jesus? Let's just, let me just tell you this real quick. In Luke 24, after Jesus resurrected, two of the disciples thought, ah, he's dead. We thought he was the Messiah, but he died. So they left Jerusalem to go back on the road to Emmaus. They had a long journey. They walked down this way. And Jesus appears and starts walking with them. It was maybe a six-hour journey, maybe, give or take. And they didn't recognize that it was him because he'd risen from the dead and, and really had a different appearance. The last appearance of him was marred on the cross. They couldn't recognize him. And he talked with them for hours and their hearts started burning. And he told them about the Messiah and the Christ and how he has to suffer. And there came, and this is Luke 24, you can read it. There came a place where they were at a fork in the road where... He kept walking this way, and they had to go this way into the house. And so it says they constrained him because their hearts were on fire. They constrained him to come to come in. They pulled him in, and he came in the house, and he manifested his wounds and revealed himself to them. 
You see, that manifestation of Jesus, if you want to see the Son of God manifest to you, you've got to constrain Him. If you want a revelation of Him, you've got to pull His presence. You've got to go a little step deeper. You can't just get your toe wet. You've got to jump in the, jump in the ocean, jump in that swimming pool, if I can say it like that. Well, when you find him, you seek him, you find him, you hold him, and, and you hold him by renouncing all other loves. So I hold him by saying, I don't want my sins anymore. I don't want my idols anymore. I don't want anything else. I want him because he's everything to me. So that's the last way I have for you to hold him. By renouncing everything. By determining to, to make him your all. By prizing him in your heart. That's how you hold Jesus. But then the woman goes on to say here in the Song of Solomon. She says, I passed by them. I found the one I love. I held him and I wouldn't let him go until I brought him. So I held him. I found him. I held him. I brought him. How do you bring Jesus? Well, that's love and communication. I bring Jesus by my own spirit. You see, Jesus lives inside of me. And wherever I go, he goes. So I bring him with me. I bring him by communing with him. I spend time when I wake up, before I go to sleep, before I walk into church, before I walk into that, that job, before I go anywhere to the supermarket. I spend time and I, I go inside of myself instead of focusing on stupidity and nonsense and staring at my phone for hours. I just meditate on the presence of Jesus in my spirit. The person of Jesus by the Holy Spirit is dwelling in my spirit. So what I do as I talk to him, I commune with him, I spend time with him, and I bring him in my spirit. Secondly, I bring him by my word. See, Jesus is in my spirit because he comes into our spirit when we're born again, but he wants to release into our thoughts. He wants to release out of our spirit and into the atmosphere. So how do I bring Jesus? I do it by bringing him by my words. You should so speak as to set forth Christ and to promote fellowship with him. So you release the presence of Jesus by your words. The Bible says God dwells and inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise, God's presence manifests. God's presence is revealed. God sits on our praises like a throne. So I begin to speak, Jesus, you're here right now. And that presence in me begins to manifest through me. Lord Jesus, I praise you. I worship you. You are the son of the living God. You dwell in my heart. I worship you. I adore you. Lamb of God slain for me. You shed your blood for me. And as I do this, the presence of the Lord in me begins to release through the capsule of my words. My words become a container, not for evil or hatred or lust or jealousy or envy. They become a container for the presence of the Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, my words release his presence as a, as a seed is encapsulated in a shell. So the presence of the Lord is encapsulated in my words by faith. I speak it out. So how. So see how see how many speak 
controversially or without savor or without or with carnal speech. A lot of people just waste their words. They speak carnally. There's no savor in their words. Your words are precious. Choose them wisely. Make no room for that if you want to constrain Jesus. If you want to make a, a, a habitation for Jesus. So let me ask you this. What does the church need for that? What does the what does the world need? We need Christ in our midst. How does he come? How does Christ come in our midst? He must be brought. So what must first be done? First, he must be held. Who alone can hold him? Only those who have found him. And who is the person who finds Jesus? Everyone who loves him and seeks him. Are you among that remnant group? Are you the people who will seek him? You see, what we need ultimately is the presence of Jesus manifested in our midst. But how does that presence manifest? That presence, the, the presence of Jesus must be brought. The person of Jesus must be brought. Who brings Jesus? The people who have found him. Who finds him? The people who love him and seek him and, and the ones who are holding him. Because when you find him, you hold him, you bring him, you manifest him. She says in that in last verse in Song of Solomon 3 verse 4, I brought him to the house of my mother and the chamber of her who conceived me. So we bring him into our homes and into our lives. But we can't offend his presence. We can't offend the presence of Jesus. So how do we offend that presence? How do we stop the presence from manifesting? This is important. How to stop the presence of Jesus from manifesting. It's first by sloth, laziness, sleepiness, carelessness. These things causes that manifest presence to, to back away, to go away, to retreat. Secondly, idols do that. Idols. So first is sloth. Second is idols. This These are the things that stop the presence from manifesting in our life. From the, the presence from manifesting outwardly. Idols. You can't have any idols. You can't hold two objects. So you got to hold Jesus with both hands. Metaphorically. You got you to gotta use meaning all your focus and love has to be on him. All right. Thirdly, by being unwilling to be sanctified. So you, if you're unwilling for God to cleanse you and sanctify you, then you're stopping the presence of Jesus from being manifested. So give over every area. Remember, forsake all to follow me, Jesus said. The fourth way we stop the presence of Jesus from manifesting is to have an unholy house. Remember, she said, I brought him to the house of my mother and into the chamber of her who conceived me. Remember to take Christ Jesus home with you and let him rule your house. What use is it if you if you take Jesus anywhere else and don't bring him with you? Listen to this. If you walk with Christ abroad, but never take him home, you will soon part ways forever. You can't have an unholy house and take Jesus just everywhere else 
and not have him in your home. Let your house be holy. Let your house have a place of prayer. Make Maybe it's your closet. Maybe it's your bedside. Maybe it's your living room. Find a place where you can commune with him and talk to him and get in the scriptures. Make your home holy for him, your bedroom. So I found him. Listen to this. I, a man, found the Lord of glory. I, a slave to sin, found the great deliverer. I, the child of darkness, found the light of life. Oh, this is powerful. I, the uttermost lost, found my Savior and my God. Go and do likewise, sons and daughters of Zion. He will be found of you for... Then shall ye find me when ye search for me with all your heart. Search for him and you'll find him. This teaching, I believe, can forever change your life if you apply it. And I hope it blessed you today. Thank you for your time and thank you for uh, taking this short amount of time to get in the scriptures with me. Please write to me. I'd love to hear from you and pray with you, go to beautifuljesusministries.com and send me a message. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Love to know how this teaching affected your life. Well, God bless you. Thank you for your love and support and prayers. And I'll see you next time. Until next time, this is pastor and evangelist Daniel Gilliana of Beautiful Jesus Ministries. And, um, Sending you my love and my prayers. Bye-bye.